How we doing, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Middle Class Musician Podcast. My name is Andrew. This episode, I got to sit down with Aaron Krauss, who is a artist, singer-songwriter, and producer, and he talks all about it, and I will let him do that momentarily. If you want to hear Aaron's music, listen through the whole episode. Um, just like the episode on Holly, Aaron's music is playing at the end. So uh, you can stick around and hear part of one of his songs, and if you like it, go to middleclassmusician.co and click on the show notes, click on Aaron Krause. So uh, yeah, click on that and you'll find all the information from this podcast episode and um, his social media and all that stuff, iTunes, links to songs. Uh, The song at the end of the episode is called Jade and uh, it's a great song and you should love it. Oh, and one more thing, the music you are hearing underneath my voice right now and that you hear at the intro and outro to this little monologue Uh, was mixed and mastered by my good friend Webster. And uh, if you need music mixed or mastered, his company, Axis Audio, does a terrific job. They also, if you live in Nashville and you're looking for someone to just record your stuff, they also do, you know, recording. They do all the stuff. So just, you know, check out the website, and I'll have that in the show notes as well. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. That is all I've got for you guys. So enjoy the episode. And, um... Here it comes. And and basically any kind of like introduction stuff, I'll I'll usually do like a personalized one beforehand, like at the beginning podcast totally. so we don't have to worry about yeah, being yeah. like and here we are totally like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and all that fun stuff but here we are <laughs> uh, with aaron kraus and uh intro i guess brief introduction as far as how i got to know you initially i i don't even know if you remember this but i i think i might you might i met you actually i don't think i even met you i i first heard of you at la fiesta in uh uh, across from Belmont University, I was. A was there freshman. like an open mic kind of thing? Something like that, oh, and man. I wasn't even playing. I think I was going to see another friend, and you played a couple songs, and I was like, yeah, "Those are like really good songs," and I, I just like really liked the mood, and I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do stylistically, and sure. so you're trying to like pull from anything you like. So I was like, "Oh, that's great." Were you were you a freshman at that? Yeah, point? yeah, little okay. baby, little baby freshman, nice. and so I, uh, I think I just. I don't know if I even reached out, but I might have like you know done the creepy Facebook message and been like, "Hey, <laughs> cool songs." <laughs> and I think that was it. And then a few months later, I think I'd seen I was going through like a crisis because I came to Belmont with a Vox Tone Lab uh, multi <laughs> I that. yeah multi effect <laughs> processor uh, for my guitar tone, and and I was like, "This nobody else has this here." I was like, "Why is nobody?" This was like the sh- you know the shit back home. And uh, <laughs> so I was realizing I had a tone crisis, and I saw like some live videos of you playing on YouTube, and you had, you know, as far as I knew, cool sounding guitar cool, effects. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how I would have put it then. So I reached out again via Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to do like a guitar lesson, but just <laughs> like tone? Just bring everything you have 
and teach me oh, from like man. square one. So I, I feel like freshman year, one of the most educational things and like beneficial things I did all year was was having you come over. Dude, really? And yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Because it literally, I was like, all right, I need to get rid of uh, Tone Lab. Like, and so what did I say? You like literally went through the ba- like signal chain, like just like Dang. here's how you set up your board. This is what an because like I knew. I knew that a clean sound, you know, distortion, but yeah. I had no idea. So, like, overdrive, the difference between that and distortion and, like, wow. everything. And I was just, I just soaked it all up. And you were That's probably like, amazing. I'll just go basic. I'm sure he knows. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anything. So, it literally, it was great. It was, it was really good. Dude, what's funny about that is I remember I got a flat tire on my way oh, really? to the house. I think, oh, you did? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was like super annoying. There was, there had been an accident um, on the highway that I think had cleared, but um, there was like still debris. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something like got wedged in my, it was, <laughs> oh. So you got like a, like a piece of glass or like yeah, something bad? Yeah. yeah. Did you just sub out, do you know how to fix tires and like. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been in that situation a handful of times. I always try and yeah. always fail right, right. and end up calling AAA. Okay, yeah. I would just call AAA. Yeah. I would call my dad and he would say, call AAA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then I would, yeah, move on. Yeah. I don't even try. Um, but that, yeah, yeah. And actually, speaking of things falling apart, <laughs> since the viewers didn't, or the listeners didn't get to experience this, right before I turned on the recording, <laughs> <laughs> recording button, um, we're doing this in my, my living room at my house and... My roommate apparently didn't purchase high quality chairs because <laughs> we were sitting talking about what we were about to do, and then all of a sudden, Aaron fell to the floor and yeah, the his chair just crumbled. It felt like I was slowly sinking into quicksand <laughs> um, until Which I just. Could have been an option. You didn't know what kind yeah, of. Yeah, I was, was like trying to figure out what I was on. Right, like, right. <laughs> like what surface. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, well, and, and your face was just... I would literally give anything to have seen Yeah, my face. it was a great... It looked like you were, like, messing with me. It was, like, this kind of... So I was... <laughs> I, I think I was looking at you, wondering if you were messing with me. <laughs> so um, I wasn't, but the chair was. So we it have was. two um, two dining room chairs now against the wall that have both fallen, um, literally. So, um, so, yeah, so you missed out on that, but... But uh, so far, we haven't had another incident. Um, all right, so basically, so that's how I got to know you. But before we dive into like backstory or anything on anything else, uh, go through, just explain like kind of what you do now, and then we'll kind of go through how you got to be doing those things or why you do those yeah, things. Yeah, um, I think I the best way I know how to kind of think about it is it's kind of this three-part split between... Um, artist stuff, um, pr- pr- like produ- producing and um, kind of freelance musician, um, and they get weighted by a kind of like how sust- like sustainable or like financially, you know, I have to make a living. So that's right. like that. That's a big factor in deciding like where I spend my time between the three. Um, and then kind of there's the passionate like entrepreneur side of me that um, kind of is like when I feel like I've earned my paycheck, then I invest in, you know, what I want to grow in the future more, what I'm more passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, those are those are kind of the three um, the three areas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something I remember discover discovering when I kind of was going through school and looking into doing music was like the entrepreneurial base that is like most people who are doing it for a living successfully were very you know scattered in a yeah in a, in a intentional way in what they're doing because there's it's like a three-pronged or a four-pronged or you know yeah. you know a, a ton of different things and you're kind of feeding a bunch of different fires like any kind of entrepreneur would be doing yeah i actually somebody told me once um <clears throat> that you never want more than 25% like in this industry you never want more than 25% of your income coming from one place mm, that makes sense um yeah because then if one is you know yeah not yeah as strong or right an off season or sure it's christmas and there's no gigs Ugh. yeah yeah christmas is rough <laughs> which you would think it would be better because of like everyone wants to hear christmas music yeah, i know but i i also never go out and hear live christmas music so right. i guess that kind of also that's funny i actually i would i have agreed with you except last <laughs> night Literally, I have like three or four friends in a Christmas band that oh, okay. played last night. Well, there you go. Awesome. But I feel like if it was like one friend in a Christmas band, it might not be something you. But the fact that it's like three or four, yeah. it's like all right, yeah, go to this now. That's, yeah. that's a lot, a high percentage, and so I definitely have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Christmas is uh, this. This is my first post uh, college Christmas experience where I'm trying to make a living doing freelance work, and it's definitely been slower than you know the last summer was great coming out of school it was like pretty you know relatively busy and then it's kind of you know taking a christmas plunge and i'm hoping that's new, gonna happen yeah yeah hoping the new year kind of kicks into some more yeah and stuff but but that's yeah and that's another thing how would you deal i guess when you so you, how long have you been out of school um like a uh like a like year and a half okay yeah, yeah yeah would you uh was it I know for me it was very stressful even before I came out of school thinking about kind of the insecurity that comes with anything entrepreneurial or music related where it's it's freelance and you don't have that guaranteed paycheck. Did you did you feel that at first and figure out a way to deal with it or or, or is it still kind of a Honestly know, like I don't know how it, I guess I lucked out or something but um <clears throat> I was actually able to pretty much support myself for the definitely at least the last year of college yeah Yeah. doing production um so and even to the point of like it was kind of pulling me away from school so i remember my senior year just like trying to survive school so that i could like actually spend the time on work that i wanted to yeah going to school to be doing yeah 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 that makes sense. Yeah, I, I felt yeah, kind of similar. So you didn't have that 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 pressure as much, where you're like, yeah, you not know. as much. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, in freelance and in music world, like there are, it's just unpredictable seasons. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, even as re- like, I feel like in one sense, I'm my, my career is like the most developed it's ever been. But yeah. that even being said. I remember there was like a point just this past summer where like it was like a dry month and I oh, was right. like it was like I was sweating is this like, forever yeah <laughs> like yeah it was scary yeah 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 it's a it's a strange and I think 
I had to reach a point. One, you reach a point like what you're saying where you're getting enough work and you're like, oh, it's possible to do this. And that's, I think, a big step. And it's great to have that before you dive into, you know, post-school. But I think there was also, at least for me, a point where I realized uh, where it just, it stopped being like a stress where I think you kind of have to like acclimate yourself to the idea of being a freelance person because you you're so ingrained growing up with like and then you get a job yeah and you stop worrying about this and you worry about your family you worry about this and you have to get to a point where like i'm i'm not gonna have that blanket job that's you know so secure but that's fine because you you kind of have the secureness i guess in your own ability then being like i can figure it out if it yeah if it's it's two dry months in a row i'll figure out a way to supplement and you know yeah you just have to plan ahead yeah yeah savings probably was uh, probably that's something that i know i have to pour more into that's something i need to get better at for (laughs) sure (laughs) because the other thing about being an entrepreneur is you can always think of things you want to invest in right um it's always and it's hard to just not keep like throwing all your like money back into the business yeah 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 no that makes sense i yeah no it's i i think i i had a savings good savings for a little bit of time and then you know winter and yeah and but there is there's always gear to buy (laughs) winter came uh but there's always something to buy for whether it's gear oh yeah it's always it's a business endeavor it's not like i'm just buying you know an xbox it's buying you know or it's investing in you know this new microphone and you know yeah it's always an investment but it 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 is always real money that's leaving your bank account yeah so it makes yeah makes savings kind of tough um so give a give a little backstory i guess on so like growing up what i guess what led to you doing music and you went to belmont um with for what, what was your um, major there i majored in music business um so i think um i was probably 12 or 13 or something when i really i've been playing guitar for a couple years and um just started falling in love with songs and music and i think i probably started like writing at that point um I grew up in a church that was pretty musically um, in- innovative, like yeah, for yeah. for a church, right? Um, <laughs> and um, I don't know. There were just I had so many opportunities to um, play and sing and 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 do that, like in in a community of other people that love to do it too. So it's just like. I quickly fell in love with it. And in high school, I um, started a band with some close friends. And we actually stayed together through like some of college. In fact, yeah. those might have been like those YouTube videos you had seen. Right, right. This band, Icon. We all grew up together and uh, moved here. Actually, like separately, we just happened to all move here. But um, so, yeah, so I got to play like a bunch of shows with them and collaborate and um i don't know it was never it was the most natural thing in the yeah, world yeah. you know um to to kind of fall in love with music right right um and um i think i think i knew i wanted to move to nashville um and belmont was like a great excuse to right. do that right and um Makes it look like you're doing the traditional route a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll go totally. to college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, my parents were all for that. Right. And uh, 
I don't know. I knew I was I was not going to major in music because like any lessons I really ever took, I just didn't. They didn't grow me the way that like right. writing or like collaborating with people made me grow. It's because you never took a, a guitar tone lesson. Yeah, it's true. Effective. In fact, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say that. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Music business was kind of the obvious, like, yeah, like I could see myself, like, going to school for yeah. that and, and be, you know, feeling good about that. Right. Um, so, yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. The So, you did music business. Explain, I guess, to someone who didn't know what a music business major looks like. How, how does it kind of thread between yeah it's i mean i would say it's like 70 percent just a business degree and um music emphasis yeah like it's accounting and business finance and um economics and ethics all that stuff um just generically and then there are some courses that are more specific to music industry like Music business survey and um, copyright law, mm-hmm. um, publishing, that kind of thing, to basically just figure out how to make money. Right, right. Uh, in this specific industry, and then I did like a like a, an emphasis in audio production. Okay, yeah. Which are actually I took like so that's like just basics of um, kind of the really techy nerdy stuff in audio and that stuff actually helped me a lot because as a producer because i'm naturally kind of like creative i guess that's right brain Mm -hmm. i'm not naturally like techie okay yeah guy and i'm still not but that class or those classes i think helped me grow in some like very deficient ways Mm -hmm. um so that i feel like i tracked like i tracked drums yesterday yeah which are kind of hard to track, and I just remember thinking, uh, I would, I would like not be able to do this if oh, I yeah. had not taken audio one and two. Right, right. <laughs> like I would be so confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes I can totally relate to. I, I think I, I, I consider myself, I guess, right brain then in a lot of things, but I can also do. I, I at least enjoy the creative side of business kind of things. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of cheating because I, I always thought like oh well, i can do business and music but yeah. maybe i'm just doing the same side of you know the coin but uh but i'm the same way that like techie stuff it, it doesn't like engage anything that you know stimulates yeah. me so i i can appreciate it for what it is and yeah. that was part of the reason i never like learned about the 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 guitar stuff until till late you know until i'm at school and and there because i never was going online and you couldn't do as much even back then but i wasn't searching out how to create like the grit best tone or this because in my head it was like the, the playing was what i was doing mm. and everything else was kind of on the back burner and then you, you know you realize that it's massively important as opposed to me who totally like can't hardly play but just turn on the pedals that wasn't, right, turn on well, the reverb and we're good that wasn't my what i saw when i watched watched videos but that was that was that was what you claimed <laughs> But no, no, you see, I mean, but there's also, that would also dive into then the element of, of feel and just understanding yeah. how to play an instrument, which you obviously had. And even if in your head, you're like, I'm not being able to shred over this, you were able to understand, you know, what to play to make it sound good, which is just as important. And that's, you know, 
what was coming across, at least to what I was saying, you know, when yeah, I was saying those thanks, things man. then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so let's, uh, let's dive into, uh, so the three-pronged kind of thing that you're doing then as yeah. far as career. Uh, we're kind of touching on the producer side, but what, um, I guess what kind of inspired you to, like, do the production? Because you do a lot of, like, self uh, production on uh, on your artist stuff and all yeah. that. So, what inspired you to kind of figure that stuff out as to being just as compared to just being like I'm an artist and somebody record me? And, yeah, yeah. Know. So, um, I think it was just born out of necessity. And I think, like I said, that the production is for me kind of um, over the last several years definitely proved to be the most. Um, kind of like lucrative thing so far but I I think one thing that I always want to remind myself of is that it was the only reason I'm doing it is because it was really born out of a necessity to um, put out music as an artist yeah and I don't want to I don't want to lose sight of that Um, right right and um, I actually I kind of like a year and a half ago or so I kind of like sat myself down and like really forcefully reminded myself um but but um i i was just like a i was a freshman and and um again was like playing with this band icon we were about to put out a full length we produced with a guy in town named thomas um dove um and i was like i had extra songs and was like man whatever like i'll just like i'll just mess around and um and I'd made it in my dorm room and um this like little EP and it was just so fun. And yeah. And I think on some level, like I don't think it sounds that great, but I think for how little I knew I like You can appreciate you know, I I kind like. of understood I kind of understood some like basic like musicality yeah, yeah. things in the software and just kinda of how to do it. So that's that's where it started, and then I, and then I was co-writing uh, with a friend, Mary Ellen Kirk, um, and she she wanted to like record what we had done, and so we put like an EP together too. That was like the second thing, and then she like told her friend, "Oh, you should um, you know work with this guy Aaron. He did these songs we wrote, and and it, it just really snowballed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first like I don't know five, six, seven projects I did. We're like all out of dorm rooms, right, which course. is funny. Yeah, um, but they actually like some of them don't sound like some of them sound kind right, of good. Right. Was was the first EP? Was that the uh, summer summer sky? sky okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember uh, one of the songs you played at that that uh, La Fiesta open mic was was from that, or I'm sure some of the multiples were. Yeah, but uh, the one that I like really hit me. So I think I listened to that online at the time, and I or uh, and I I remember like thinking production wise it was like right into like the vein of what i was like and at the time i wouldn't have been able to like describe anything that made it what it was but it was right in the vein of like what i was getting into that's musically um and and that i could like kind of try to see like if i was going to sit down and record an ep it was like you know i could feel the production leaning like it was on the same vein yeah even though i couldn't describe it so I, i remember um, and then going back, I've gone because I've listened to your most recent um, album. And then going back and like, if you compare it to 
like the first thing it's kind of hilarious <laughs> but it's like i can see what you're saying like where whereas like at the time i wouldn't have heard any kind of difference because i was you know i had no mm. ability to tell then and but you can tell exactly what you were going for at the time yeah. and you can just see how you've honed it you know as yeah. you've gone and and you've learned obviously you know through the years more and more uh but you can definitely appreciate uh, like you were saying, those basic elements that you you could probably naturally you were hearing things and yeah. you knew what you wanted to hear and you were able to you know produce that for the for the yeah. most part, uh, which is I think the first step in any kind of production. Obviously, is is figuring out what you want to hear and then yeah. it's just a matter of like manipulating the mic or the you know the setup to get you know sure. that sound, um, which was I remember a big revelation and it sounds dumb for me, but I like remember i used to like work on a project or whether it was in garage band or logic and i'd be like well i know i need compression so i'd put on compression and be like i know i need this instead of being like, like a checklist I, right instead of being like <laughs> i know what i want to hear because i didn't like think about what i wanted to hear i just thought like this is there's a way it's supposed to sound and then when i realized like oh i have to like get my ear to know what it wants then i can like create it that was like a big flip, and it's like painfully obvious. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> but it took me it took me longer to get there. But I think that's what you were doing uh, with with those early on projects. Yeah, um, which which is a good a good thing, and it only gets better from there. Um, uh, so you did that. You did the EP then for yourself, uh, and you did started working on other people's projects. Yeah, um, and then what's between? Is there anything else then between? of uh, at least of your own artist stuff between then and your most recent album that came out recently? Um, well, I think once I started producing like somewhat on a professional level, which would have been like 2011. Yeah. Um, I think I started kind of getting this, I don't know if it's like a vision or what, but this idea, um, that the next time I, put something out um, as an artist I wanted it to be like great like mm-hmm. great quality and something that I would like could believe in for a long time and not um, something that I would put out and immediately get over and right. be on to the next thing because I because I I don't know I just think there's so much noise that I don't have time and I don't think people have time to like listen to something that isn't like great. Yeah, yeah. And Especially with, you know, the way that people consume music now. Yeah. Singles based and, and all that. And so kind of thing. like the idea to me, like the idea of putting something out that's like just okay is such a waste because everyone that heard that now thinks like you're just okay. Right. And you've lost them. Yeah. And um so anyway, I just really wanted to take my time. I didn't know what it what like. I think I knew how I wanted it to like make me feel, mm-hmm. but I didn't know practically like what that meant in terms of like genre or sound or whatever. Right. right. So I spent the next <clears throat> three or four years um, just like writing a lot, like privately stuff no one's ever heard and demoing stuff out and. Um, trying to find that thing that I would just really believe in. And the whole time um, producing, a, you know, a ton of projects for others, um, which is like was so helpful because now 
um, like the guy that produced my last record is so much more seasoned and experienced than he would have been. Like if I had just done it, um, I'm talking about myself in the third right. person right now, but like, that's kind of right. how I think about it, you know, yeah, yeah. cause you kind of have to separate when you're self producing, like you have to separate your producer self and your artist yeah, self yeah. because they serve different functions and, um, like the artist takes things too personally. <laughs> You're offending yourself. And like, yeah, funny. like, and the producer has to be able to like, like make calls that the artist doesn't like. Right. Like, and so like that would happen, you know, like it was weird. <laughs> um, be like, be more objective and, um, yeah, anyway, so, so I really was like, hiatus is such a pretentious word, but right, like, right. I was like, I was just like, that my artist self was very much like private for a while because I was kind of trying to develop that. Yeah. And, um, and it was kind of annoying too because um, that's, that's a period in my life where I made a bunch of relationships that I still have that mm-hmm. were very important to me. And so in like a professional sense, no one knew that's who I like. I was an artist or oh, whatever. Right, right. Secret. No one associated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one associated that with me, and that was like that was really frustrating for a time. Because I'd be like, "No, guys, I'm like, I'm working on something," right. and they'd be like, "Cool," but like, you know, I don't believe yeah. you. Yeah, um, yeah. Because everyone, I don't know, everyone talks. Right. Everyone's yeah. working on something. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Yeah. So um. So yeah, but but now I mean, I made a record that I'm so proud of and um, sounds exactly how I want it to sound and um, that I'm excited about. And, and then I kind of started trying to put some some of the business pieces of the puzzle together. Right. I have a lawyer. I have a publicist. Um, and so now that it's out, it's like we're trying to build this kind of like... Um, like finish building the team and 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 build like a plan for 2015 yeah. 2016 now that you have the foundation of yeah my album and it was really yeah. yeah exactly just the foundation um um and something that i something i wanted to have that i could support for a long time yeah yeah so, for sure yeah no, that's that's really cool, and it's uh, for the sake of people finding it. It's holding on to love is the name yeah. of the album. Um, what's uh, influence wise? Like who's like some people that influence coming into this project? Yeah, I guess so over the last four years, then for you. Yeah, so um, I've got these like four go to references. Uh-huh. They are um, M eighty three. I love like the '80s, oh yeah, synthy pop, um, huge, oh yeah, like thing. Oh yeah, I'm all all into that. And infectious too. Um, <clears throat> I love uh, the National. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's like right up in your face and intimate and like. Um, which is sometimes the opposite of like an MA83 thing. Where yes. It feels like everything yes. is far away. And, and I love, verb. I like, I love productions that play with going from like huge, like spacious to like right yeah, up yeah. in your face. Um, I love that c- contrast. And um, 
And the national is just cool. Yeah. Like they've got this swag that I like don't understand, but it's so cool. Everything's small. Yeah, yeah. Like the drums are tiny. Everything's tiny. Um sonically or physically just small instruments. <laughs> I can't speak to the size okay, of their yeah. instruments, I but your music video uh, is there. Yeah. Um um Sigur Rós yeah. has been a favorite band of mine for forever i remember like, you mentioning them in the in the tone uh, yeah dude lesson. i mean they just everything they do is so beautiful yeah and, and i think i want everything i do to have an element of beauty in it even if it's like dark or yeah yeah dirty or heavy or whatever i still want there to be like this beauty in it yeah for sure um and then the the like the last major influence i had in um the record it was like i was I was probably halfway done with it at, at this point um there's this artist the weekend mm-hmm. um who's kind of part of this new mo- like genre that's kind of this um it's r&b but it's like uh it's like fresh it's like okay yeah. kind of more alternative and indie um it's it's not it doesn't play on um kind of the like cheesy stereotypes of R&B as much as it's like just feels like really innovative and fresh to me. Yeah. And and it's cool cuz that that's actually become like a really big part of my sound now I think is like 808 drums and like sub bass and like falsetto-y like um swag yeah 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 <laughs> i just sure. love that sound yeah so the, anyway those those were my big yeah yeah awesome the uh the song one of my favorites on the album was uh i don't want to lose you yeah that, one, that kind of in that vein that definitely man R&B that's the last song i wrote and produced for the record yeah and definitely well i think it's my favorite i think yeah. it's definitely my favorite okay yeah um yeah like I think that song maybe more than any other is a is the best glimpse of like where I want to go. Right, right. Especially with where the influences yeah. they are falling right now. It's most recent. Totally added to the list. That totally. makes sense. Yeah, that one. It's a really cool, cool track. Um, the I'm totally blanking. I should have written it down. But the other, I'm sure I'll, if you describe it to me, I'll. The it's track three, three. Honey Fire. Yeah, yeah. I love that one nice. as well. Yeah, the, yeah. And it was one that, like, it actually, which a lot, some of my favorite albums are this way, but in this one, the song in particular, like, totally grew on me because I remember hearing it the first time, I think, via seeing it, like, on Facebook. I think it was one of your earlier singles mm, with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, production and everything, I was all about it, but it didn't, like, grab me as mm. quickly. And then like two or three times where I listened to it like when I came back all of a sudden I was like oh this is awesome like the that's awesome the, I think like the hook of the chorus because it's got like you know the hooky kind of like mm-hmm. melody going into you know you know more the words on the second half and like just the way everything came together once I'd heard it a couple times it was like oh this is, this is that's awesome yeah yeah man it's always so funny like I, I've heard this song so many times right. that I'm um I'm so unaware of how they would hit someone the first right. time or the oh, yeah. tenth time or like I, 
you know I, like yeah. I'm always so curious to hear that stuff yeah no yeah I'm the same way with with anything I write it's the first time you write it like when you're first writing it sometimes I feel like you get that first glimpse if it's like a, especially if it's like a catchier song yeah like oh I like this hook that's why you keep it in the song yeah but then you you know by the time you're demoing it you've heard it you know a hundred times or whatever and then by the time you've like full-on recorded it's like you have no idea what's oh, good about yeah it. and so that's kind of what i think the scary part about putting in an album is like the magic that was that might be there is kind of no longer in your head at all because like you've listened to it a thousand times and you've <sighs> sang that part a thousand times yeah. and you're just putting it out and being like i think people will like this but i yeah i don't know what anymore they will like about it i just i i liked it when i did it but I've heard it so many times now. I'm kind of I need yeah, to get it out. It'll make you do and that and self-producing it. Like, oh yeah, double it. Yeah, because you or don't have triple that it. affirmation like, from other people. Yeah, and you're you're sitting there like looping the same five <laughs> seconds trying to get this like kick drum to sound right. Right, right. I mean, it's like oh unreal. yeah, <laughs> and you know every little piece like yeah. how it yeah came together. Yeah, when I listen to it, I'm like I'm watching the session scroll by right. like in my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're seeing yeah. yeah. And sometimes do you ever like play it like if you're mixing, will you like look away from like cuz I know when I've like mixed something of my own, if I'm playing it and I'm looking at it scroll by, right. I almost listen to it differently. Yeah, and my, if I look away. That's actually a trick my friend uh like kind of turned me on to is like you bounce it and then you play, but you like make your computer fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So it's just blank. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then like the the car test is crucial too. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Got to roll those windows down. <laughs> Cruise with In December. It. It's hard, but right. But you got to sacrifice. Yeah, you just for layer up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that a thing that the windows down helps or uh, makes it? It just changes the way it. You know, it's gonna come. Across. I think I actually just said that for effect. Okay, <laughs> no, that's what I kind of assumed. I was like, maybe that's actually something no. I should start incorporating. No. no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would be you could do it with windows up and then with down, and you'd still get you know a different yeah. feel. You're creating it in a different space. So yeah, it's definitely worth. Checking okay, out. well, I get. I guess I should say like, what is a real thing is if you're trying to make a summer jam. Yeah, like. You need to get on the highway with that sucker and roll the windows down. That's true, yeah. And it like, because you need to make sure that everything hits really hard and nothing's like getting lost. Right. The important parts are coming through with all that noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that is a real thing. Okay. Boom. That's helpful. Yeah. Now I know. I don't have many summer jams that I've created myself. My my writing doesn't usually lend itself to it, but I hope one day too create summer jams and now i know how to yeah um okay so you so that's like kind of the producing and the artist side combined yeah which is how it goes and then freelance side because uh i think do you do do guitar you know work for people at all it's actually been it's been um maybe maybe more well it's like i don't do like a ton of freelance it's like I may have like a few little dates a month, but it's yeah. nothing like. Um, it's never like a, a bunch of stuff. Um, I, I've done a lot of keys. Um, okay, cool. I've done a couple little tours with an artist in town named Amy Stroop. Um, doing keys for her, and then I've done a couple little runs with um, a duo in town, Ellen Owen. They're like a married couple, yeah, Josh yeah. and Nicole. Um, doing keys for them and um more recently um i've been doing 
like these um, acoustic showcases for an artist named Matt Carney. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so I'll play like acoustic and like SPD, like drum pad, mm-hmm. and, and sing uh, like harmonies. Um, so it's just oh, little cool. stuff. It's nice because I I don't want to be someone who's like always out on the road for other people. Right. Um, so like little dates here and there are fun to just like get out of town for a little bit yeah um but not nothing like not not no like three month tours no yeah um would you want to do that for your own stuff down yeah there? i think i'm trying to protect i'm trying to protect that save yourself for yeah, yourself save yeah. myself for myself <laughs> yeah yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah and no, i i i think I, I like the happy medium of like a few dates in a month and where they take you out of town because yeah. it's kind of nice to come home from those kind of gives yeah. you perspective especially yeah, oh, in a freelance totally. world where you're producing your own things you need to get like yeah. space and perspective when you're in your basement all day every day uh-huh. you can you're like work your productivity can just go through the floor oh like, yeah yeah <laughs> you have all the time in the world which makes it it yes. really does make it harder it's sometimes. terrible yeah how do you that's that's something that i know i'm still trying to figure out and probably you are as well, but do you have any tricks for people who are trying to work out of their house and self-motivate? You need to see, like, make sure you see someone. Okay, like, yeah. Like, maybe maybe in the middle of the day, build in a little break mm-hmm. where you're going to go get coffee with somebody or right. something. Because then you can kind of, like, look forward to that. Right. And it's also like, oh, I need to get this stuff done before I go. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, just like give yourself, give yourself human contact <laughs> yeah. and like get out of the house for a little so bit. Or I'll try to, um, I'll try to go to a like if I have a bunch of email stuff I have to do, I'll like go to a coffee shop or right. um, makes it seem less terrible. Yeah, and and even um, some audio editing I can just do on my laptop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm editing vocals or something for a project. I'll go to Crema and yeah, like, yeah. edit vocals all day, which is like the you know the most trendy Nashville place to go get coffee anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It feels cooler when you're there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I'm I'm all about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it's it does help to yeah break up, give yourself little segments because otherwise it's like it's a strange thing. At least with how my mind works, like if you have just all this time. You just need, if you don't segment it, it almost feels unproductive sometimes to be like, well, I'm only going to do this for an hour. But if you don't, then maybe you'll do it for like two hours and you're like wear yourself out because yeah. you're like into it and then you get too far and then you can't do anything else because you're like, you know, you just throw your whole day off. And yeah. You have to, you have to like restrict yourself in order to actually get things done. One, one thing that's like super, uh, super helpful resource, there's a, Author named Donald Miller in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote Blue Like Jazz. I love that. He, I'm actually listening to that audio book right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. He probably loves still being compared to that one book he wrote forever. Oh, ago. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. That's like Summer Sky being the only. Yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> um, but he has this resource on his website um, that's all about like structuring your day to be as productive as possible oh, as really? like a freelance type person and it's um it's cool you like you prioritize um things you have to get done because i think one of the things about procrastination is you can be doing like you 
do the least important things to right. avoid doing the exactly. most important things. And then um, he also talked about this principle that your brain, I'm, ga- I'm going to get the details of this wrong, but your brain like can only function at like its like highest capacity for like three hours at a time or okay. something. So, or two hours or something. And so it's or like, minutes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, do priority one for, for three hours, like time, like time X to time Y. Yeah. And then like go to the gym or go okay, get yeah. coffee or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then come back and do priority B for three hours. Okay. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's basically this sheet at the beginning of the day. You like fill it out. And, mm. um, I'm going to totally look it's, into that. It's actually like, it seems kind of like painful and tedious, right. at least to me, but it's actually like so nice. Yeah, yeah. And then you can wake up and be like, all right, I know what I have to do. Yeah. Because if it's all, if you have 80... Especially in the you know entrepreneurial realm, you usually have all these things bouncing around that you theoretically want to do. Yeah, and they could be long term, long term or short term. And you wake up, and if you don't have something that says like do this, then I'll just like start pulling myself in these random directions. Yeah, and usually it ends up being to that least important thing that's the easiest to be like. Well, I'll just do this, knock this totally. out, and then you know the day's over. And especially in the winter, now it gets dark at like four. And you're like, well, I can't. I gotta stop oh, doing work now. Dude, that's yeah. the worst as a freelance person. Mm-hmm. Get getting dark at four. Oh, it's, it's detrimental. Yeah, yeah. Especially because you don't have to wake up, or at least I don't. You don't have to wake up early for things. So if you wake up later, then all of a sudden, you know, you're working for a few hours and it gets dark, and you're like, yeah. well, I guess the day's done. Dude, I <laughs> Hard feel you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's a tough balance. But that's okay. I'll definitely. So Donald Miller. Yeah, I'm gonna check that story, out. Story storyline is the name of his website or something. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very cool. I'm gonna totally check that out, and then I'll. Yeah, it's uh, it's a growing scene too. I mean, just entrepreneurial stuff in general. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be more of those popping up as people you know do this more and more. Um. Uh. All right. So we've album. Freelance stuff, you do, uh, what did you think of Belmont as far as, now that you're doing, you know, work that is in that entrepreneurial and music vein, are you glad you went to school? Like, if someone's trying to decide, should I go to school, I want to do music, do I even need this? Like, how do you feel coming out of it? I mean, it's like, there's no, the thing about that question is there, there isn't an answer to it. There's no, like, what you should do. Oh, yeah. I'm asking it, and I don't sure, know what sure. I would tell yeah, you exactly. about yeah. myself. But, but I mean, it's like I'm so um, grateful for the relationships I've made. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, it's an amazing way to surround yourself with people that you may end up, like, working with mm-hmm. professionally for a long time. Um, it just throws you into a awesome community of people. And I think that's something that some people struggle with when they move here and don't have that in. Yeah, yeah. Is like, I think it takes them a while to feel like they're connected. Of course, yeah. Um, that would be really hard, I imagine. Yeah, like I have some friends um, that, um, you know, I've just sat down with and they're like, that's their frustration. It's like, man, I just wish... And just takes time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like a cool way to fast track that. It's a buffer for building. Like, you can build a network without the pressure of building. Yeah. Because you you go to school, you're gonna make friends yeah. anyways. 
and it just so happens they're all doing um, the same thing as you. Granted, there are some people with personalities that are amazing at connecting yeah. with people. I don't think I have one of those, but I know people that do. And so for them, if if their goal is save one hundred and twenty thousand, yeah, I mean, like they're yeah, they're just those people that like walk into a room and yeah, like yeah. everyone remembers them, right? Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so that's like that's a big pro. I mean, I I hated like having to sit in accounting mm-hmm. when like, gosh, like I don't know if I'm ever gonna actually use that. You yeah, know? yeah. Um. When I could have been doing something else, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's expensive, so it's like I don't know pros and cons. Yeah, it's just yeah. pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, I would I would give basically the same answer. I think. Yeah, and it's an accurate, I think, way to look at it. If you can afford to do it, it's not going to like cripple you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think if you can do it, um, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it does, it gives you that chance to network. It gives you, yeah. it does give it. I was thinking about it the other day actually, and just from like a human development standpoint, not even professionally, or I mean, it all ties in. But um, I was I was looking back over my computer and I saw like an, an old, a paper I'd written like freshman year, and I was like shocked at how different my view of it is mm. like now. But I was like, I would never. Even with all the resources I, I can access for free now online of learning how to do things, I'm never going to like wake up on my own accord at 8 a.m. and write a paper. You know, and, and, but you get, you do get, you're forced to do that. And sometimes it's pointless, but other times you like learn yeah. a lot. And I was like, you, if, if I didn't go to college, I would have never been doing any of those kind of things. Totally. Which, which do help, um, especially in like a human development category where you're learning about the world around you and Definitely. that kind of a class. Um, so liberal arts and that kind of thing inside uh, helped me, but you also have those classes where like, I'm never going to intro to mathematical reasoning. <laughs> For example, with the class that I, I was like, one, it was the easiest thing, but it was just like, you still have to go to it every, you know, other day and spend an hour and a half that you could be investing in, you know, your life yeah, that's or something hard. that didn't make you want to die. So, <laughs> yeah, dude. But uh, uh, but yeah. So it's pros and cons. Yeah. So uh, um, as as anything, I think probably is. Um, anything else that I want to hit on? Um, what would you say? Do you have advice at all that you would like somebody who wants to do or is just thinking about doing anything music related? Any kind of advice, whether it be in networking or just you know the thing that you wish you could tell yourself at. 12 when you were starting to do music sure um i think maybe two things one is um you i think you have to um you have to want it enough to and this is this is more of a way of thinking than it is like maybe a reality Mm -hmm. but this is more of a mindset, but it's like you have to be like confident that you want it enough. You want this career enough to like work harder than anyone else to have it. Not in this, not in a competitive sense. Yeah, yeah. But in a sense of like, there are so many times, so many nights, whatever, when you could like settle for subpar. work and you feel like you've like already like worked so hard and 
you have to like be passionate enough about it to like work harder than you feel like is should be expected of yeah, you almost. Yeah. And harder than necessarily your friends who are going out and yeah. you're like, I have to, to get this thing done. Yeah, you, know? you have to you have to kind of be that guy that's like doing like working so hard that other people are looking at you sometimes being like how are you still up like right, right. caring about this like it's gonna be fine like, yeah um because i think that just helps you reach this or get closer to this like level of excellence that is expected of you on a professional level yeah um or maybe it just takes me longer than other people. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm just really slow at a lot of things. Yeah. Why are you still working? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, but really, I'm Dude, just slow like and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing is, like, you have to... This is something I've had to learn from doing it the really the wrong way, I think. Is you then, after having worked that hard have to like um just not take take your work seriously but like don't take yourself so seriously like yeah don't yeah. go to sleep at night worrying um and comparing yourself to other people and um all that stuff like have fun like yeah have fun with um all the other kind of like people in your circle that are pursuing the same things or whatever like like go have a beer with them go like celebrate their accomplishments yeah like don't be comparing so seriously like yourself to yeah them. like ego to their ego yeah and don't and don't be so obsessed with yourself and like your own success that you're just like always in a terrible mood right so i think you have to work crazy hard but you also have to not um like like judge your own worth on your success yeah yeah yeah. that that's a great great advice and yeah just the you take your your craft seriously but you don't you don't make that your craft into yourself yeah you have to take exactly i'm I'm an artist and my art is so serious and like yeah it's exhausting because you feel like you're fighting to convince everyone how like yeah important your art is and it's like it is what it is and you can be proud of it but you don't have to be like yeah, comparing it and your value is not what your, you know, your most recent album is. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, in other things and, and all that fun stuff. That's that's good very good advice. Um uh I like to end with something that's non-music related. So the question I wrote down today is do you have a favorite book? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. Um or just like it doesn't have to be the top. Sure. Um, I'll tell you, um, a book I just finished reading, or I guess rereading recently, um, actually it was cheating, I listened to it on audiobook. Right, right. On a drive. I do it. Um, because I'm a terrible reader. (laughs) But, um, it's, uh... I'm just so passionate about the books, that's why it takes me so long to read. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's a book called uh, The Screw Tape Letters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, C.S. Sure. Lewis. Um, I think it's the last. I think it's the last thing he wrote. Okay, right? yeah. I don't know. I'm not. Sh- I I've, I've read. Actually, I've only I've listened to 
uh, chunk of Mere Christianity by him. I haven't like re- read a bunch of his stuff, but I thought, didn't he have a couple ones near the end that were a little bit more like um, questioning, so to speak? I thought, I thought I remember hearing that when I was a kid, like, oh, C.S. Lewis, like, started losing I'm gonna be honest with you that sounds like something someone said that they didn't know what they were talking about and, and, and they just I, had their own agenda <laughs> it does like as I'm saying it I kind of I totally agree so one <laughs> yeah. of his later books yeah yeah um, and it's um, it's fat it sounds really dark I mean it is kind of dark I and mean, it's like these letters uh, from um, uh, it's kind of like it sets up this f- kind of fictional like or more hypothetical like hierarchy in hell of like there's like the devil and then there's like um these like teacher like um i I don't know how to exactly explain it but it's basically like this like lowly tempter who's like assigned a person on earth his like correspondence with his like mentor right um who is screw tape and they're all just letters from screw tape um, like advice of how to mess it, people yes. up, right? And it, yeah, and it is like it's one of the most in like insightful and um, arresting kind of like it's it's just so interesting to to because in all these letters he's like describing these situations that you and I have all been in. Yeah, he's describing it from a perspective that we've like never considered before yeah yeah and it illuminates all these like true things about how we do pro like go through these situations and and it helps us like it just helps me like be on my guard against um like really destructive thoughts and, yeah and it's it's awesome yeah. it was just really cool to reread that's so. cool yeah i'll have to check that one out i um i've always I've, I've, I do, I try, I do a lot of reading kind of in that, uh, sounds like we grew up in, you know, same kind of like church going sure, environments. Yeah. Um, so I've done in the last, you know, everyone kind of has to figure out what they, you know, subscribe to themselves at some yeah. point. Um, so I do, I do a lot of reading just cause I, growing up in that, I find it kind of fascinating topic, you know, totally. even without everything else. Um, but I haven't really, um, uh, gotten into as many of the c.s lewis stuff but he's kind of like the staple he is you know, writer for that kind that's of funny stuff. his middle name is staple is it really staple. Well, Clive staple i wish that was intentional but i thought his middle name was s so <laughs> yeah ess uh no but uh that's cool that's very cool so yeah I, i'm glad that you had a favorite book because i was like i can ask this but some people just like don't ever read at all yeah like, it could be a really close second question. would be Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I've never read those ones either. Oh, dude! But that was also because I grew up in a, a conservative realm, oh, and, no. and we were okay with Lord of the Rings. But uh, you drew uh, the line at Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter it seems subjective. Which, it, it, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I guess all all kind of things like that. Growing up, parenting, like you're like, well, I think this is fine, but like, yeah. let's just be safe and like draw the line sure. here. And uh, we've we've joked about it since then. Yeah, because of course. it's not. Yeah, but I tried watching the the first two movies, uh, or just tried watching the movies about two years ago, and I think I just missed it because like, uh, it's all like kids like in the first few movies, mm-hmm. and so like if I was a kid right when those came out, I would have been like, sure. look at these cool kids who are also witches or you know wizards and i was like this is badass but now that i'm an adult i'm or you know now that i'm 
in my 20s not whatever you want to consider an adult i like i'm like i don't want to watch a bunch of like eight-year-olds run around with wands sure. <laughs> and i'm like That's i have like four true. movies before they like catch up to like the yeah. teen years so i'm like i, <laughs> yeah, I think i'm just gonna call it off for now but uh that's so oh well funny. um all right well let me look at my list here make sure i didn't miss anything that i i feel like i to touch i feel on. like i should mention uh one thing one thing i'm super pumped about is uh i like i even though i just put out a record in yeah, yeah. september uh I'm, i have a new song coming out oh really um in the nashville indie spotlight oh cool uh this month is it something you did yourself then yeah and it's is it attached to the album kind of like a post single or is it just total um i mean officially no but in my head but you are the i mean yeah (laughs) producer okay yeah then yes then yes totally officially it's officially yeah and when's that coming out um the i don't know if i'm allowed to say then but it's soon soon. okay and this will probably won't come out till probably you know a little after the beginning of the year. Oh, cool. So it's out now. It'll be out now. Go buy it. <laughs> Go buy it now. Okay, okay. So Aaron Krauss, what's you, is the name releasable of the song? Yeah, it's called Jade. Say? Okay, Jade. Yeah, yeah, Jade. Okay. It's Perfect. a song I wrote like right after my record got mastered, and I was like, dang it. <laughs> I missed it. Is it fall kind of into that post-R&B Yeah, I think bit? it's the best. I think it's my best attempt at com- kind of combining all those genres. Perfect. Um, well, then... Yeah. I will definitely keep an eye out for that, and I'll have to wait longer than anyone else who's listening because it'll be out for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. So check out "Holding On to Love" is your album. Then check that single out. Um, anything else? You do some YouTube stuff too. Yeah. So check out YouTube channel. Yeah. And all that. Um, you have. I've seen you had. It was every breath you take, right? Yeah. And that one got you know some good yeah. attention, which rightfully so is. Do you produce the, all those as well? I imagine. Mm-hmm. And all that. Um, and is it Liza Ann? Yeah. You did it with her, right? Yeah, we're actually working on another cover tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very cool. Is it a similar style or is it like a... Uh, I think we might I think we might go like a little more ambient. Okay. A little less like acoustic, but... Love it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Perfect. All right. So that might be out then by the time you also yeah. hear this. So, um, all right. So check all those things out and thanks for... Uh, yeah, man. Thanks dude, for thanks this. for having me. Oh, of course. It's fun. Sorry with the, the chair. Oh, no. But I'm Highlight of my day so <laughs> far. Probably the most exciting. All the pieces that I share Like a puzzle you made